Yo, what's up? Dr. Swole here, MD, pro physique athlete, back with another episode on Swole Radio. Today I'm joined by Chris Elkins, who is the founder of Cutting Edge Physiques and a respected natural bodybuilding coach. He's an OG in the natural bodybuilding <laughs> world. And last year he placed second in 2021 WNBF Worlds for men's physique. So good Don't to have you it. on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, nice meeting you. I want to say congratulations on your uh, WMVF pro card as well. That's pretty awesome. It's a big accomplishment and I'm um, wishing you the luck in uh, your pro debut coming up. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, so today's just going to be a super chill natural bodybuilding chat talking about Chris's history and his current season. And so, yeah, you know, for people who don't know you, Chris, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, so I've been competing since 2013. I um, I worked with uh, coaches at 3DMJ. Jeff Alberts was my coach. And um, just within two seasons, I won my bodybuilding pro card. And then um, fast forward to 2019, I uh, did a shorter prep and decided to give physique a try once again. Um, I, I actually did physique for my first show ever. I did both physique and bodybuilding. And I just didn't know how to pose. I didn't know much about I didn't really know much about the sport in general, but um, I didn't. I did much better in bodybuilding than I did in physique, uh, which is funny because I'm. Well, while I believe I'm competitive in both, I'm much better in physique. So in 2019, I tried physique again. It went really well, and uh, my my physique just fit the criteria, and so I've been um, doing physique ever since, and I've been doing quite well. Um, I won four pro, yeah, four pro physique shows last year in the WNBF took second in the world by one measly point and uh <laughs> yeah looking forward to uh redeeming myself this year and, and winning that world championship that is the goal yeah that's super exciting so it's yeah it's cool we get to see you in action and, and chris has been having a, a exciting season so far so yeah maybe if you could let us know how the season's been going yeah, so first show of the season was the uh, Pro Universe in New York. Um, I did that show last year, and I won Mr. Universe, and so I defended that title successfully uh, this year. So now I'm two-time Pro Universe. Uh, and then Battle of the Bay, just it's a show in Fremont that I actually won lightweight bodybuilding all the way back in 2015 as an amateur. And uh, this year was the first year that they offered a uh, Pro Bikini and Pro Physique class. I took second in that show much to uh, my chagrin because I was really uh, thinking that I won, man. It was such, I, I brought, in my opinion, one of my, my best packages, best physiques to the stage ever. I'm actually, I'm 38 years old. So uh, it feels really good to be like each year getting better and better, even though, you know, most professional athletes at this point are not in their prime or in their peak, but I really feel like I'm approaching my prime. I'm still, you know, I still think I have room to grow. And um, so anyway, but I took second in that show and it forced me to take a look at some of the, the posing I have. I'm, I'm short. I'm only five, six. And um, my stage weight is anywhere between like 145 to low 150s. And um, with a short torso, it's tough being a more a relatively muscular, you know, coming from bodybuilding, relatively muscular, natural physique athlete. And um, when I'm up against taller guys, the guy that ended up winning was uh, like close to six feet tall. Um, and he's, he has a long torso and, um, he has a great physique. He's a Korean guy. His name is John and a uh, great aesthetics, but man, just, uh, so much more muscular than him. So to lose to him was disappointing. But, um, anyway, I changed up some things in posing and I, I just did the, uh, Washington state natural last weekend. 
Um, I won that show last year, won it again this year. It was a really solid class this year, stacked. Uh, we had six pros, and, um, and I was fortunate enough to take home the, the W. And again, I was the shortest guy, well, one of the more muscular guys, but this was, I don't know if you've seen, did you see the lineup? No, I haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty stacked. Um, I was uh, pretty, when I, when I got there, I was like, damn, this is some quality competition. going to be good uh, practice leading up to Worlds. I implemented some changes to my posing that I had been working on, and I think it went really well. Uh, and I'm now I'm just under three weeks out from the next show, which is uh, the Monster Mash in Boston. I wanted to join you in Calgary, but uh, just ended up um, deciding not to. It's only back-to-back -back weekends is tough. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I decided not to do that show and focus on Monster Mash in three weeks and then Worlds two weeks after that. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely gets pretty jam-packed, especially if you're competing back-to-back -back weekends and juggling peak weeks and those kinds of things and changing right, exactly. body water. And yeah, it's that. really nice to have one weekend apart at least. So ideally, I mean, I personally, I would love to, to have a season where I had a show every other weekend it would be pretty cool. But back-to-back um, -back weekends is, is what I ended up having for Pro Universe and then the Battle of the Bay show. But I still, I think I looked even though it was the back-to-back -back weekend, I think it looked way better at Battle of the Bay than I did in the Pro Universe, um, even with, you know, one being in New York and one being in Fremont in the Bay Area. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's a very subjective sport, and um, one judge might like one thing, another judge is going to like another thing. All you can do is, you know, present your, your best physique to the judges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a great approach to bodybuilding in general and just kind of running your own your own race and bring your best package just to put things in context what are your off-season macros and your off-season weight so i do not track macros in the off-season ever unless things start getting away from me like unless i'm uh noticing a lack of performance in the gym and maybe i'm thinking like okay man i'm not getting enough protein then maybe i'll track for a couple of days just to kind of reset myself but um, I eat intuitively. I was uh, I was married for 15 years. I have two kids. So for me, it never made sense to like I need to have a good relationship with food where I'm not gaining too fast because I don't want to. You know, it's very difficult to start a prep if you're way too heavy. You know, it's going to be a very long, drawn out process or if you're not making any progress at all, you're not making any gains. So I, I've been fortunate where um, I've been able to control myself and just use my own hunger receptors. And I, I would always weigh myself. So I'm always keeping track of my body weight. But I, in 2000, between my pro debut and bodybuilding in 2016, April, to the start of prep at the very end of 2017 for my 2018 season, um, I was around uh, about, I was up about 20 pounds, but I had successfully gained right around a pound. Um, yeah, I've, I've just, I've been fortunate to have developed and cultivated a, um, a very good relationship with food in general, not where I'm not restricting myself, I'm not going crazy, but I do allow, like, I don't, people see me on the internet and, you know, I'm, I, I have a good following on Instagram and I, I post uh, a lot of pictures of my physique, but I, I'm not afraid to post off season photos either. And a lot of people have this misconception that I stay like shredded or 10% body fat or under a year round, but that is definitely not the case. Um, I do gain about 20, 15 to 20 pounds in the off season and, um, and then, you know, peel that back off over the course of the season. And, um, and I just really think that helps me, you know, make good progress in the gym, 
and not be so food focused either. Uh, I, I'm just I'm a little bit fortunate with body fat distribution where a lot of that weight goes to my legs, hips, and thighs as opposed to my stomach, and then I have like you know more prominent abs. So people people think you know I don't know I get a lot of funny comments. 15 pounds over stage weight, and they think that I'm shredded or this is a, an ideal look for me. But it's you know it's just the way the body fat distribution is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. So I know that you take a very flexible approach with this, which is awesome. When did you start, you know, properly prepping, and what kind of changes did you make? Yeah. So right away, I had no idea about bodybuilding, or I didn't even know natural bodybuilding was a thing until um, sometime in 2012. I was on YouTube, and I w- I wanted to focus more on lifting weights and working out, and I threw a a, a chain of events, you know, where like, okay, they recommended this video, and then they recommend this video. And eventually, I think I went from like Kino Body to Hodge Twins to, um, yeah, classic. To Matt, yeah, to Matt Ogus. <laughs> and once I got to Matt Ogus, I saw his 2011 Matt versus Mayhem series. And I was in, I was living in Fremont in the Bay Area, and he was in Sacramento area. And I was like, well, this is like not that far, you know. And then, um, I saw that he had did the Muscle Mayhem, which is uh, back in the day, it was like an IFPA, which is another natural organization. So it was under a different banner, but it's the same show, uh, same promoters. And I was like, wow, natural bodybuilding. I didn't know this was a thing. I thought if I ever wanted to compete, and I'm like 27 at the time, and I was thinking like, man, if I ever wanted to compete in bodybuilding, I had to do steroids. And I had never in my life seen steroids. I had probably at that point never weighed more than like 155 pounds. But seeing Matt do it, not not knowing that he'd already been training for several years, just thinking like, oh, I, I could do this. Like, why can't I do this? You know, if this guy could do it, I could do it, right? That's what I thought. And so I just hit up the coaches that he was using through DMJ, who happened to be semi-local as well. Like, um, I think at the time, like Alberto Nunez was like, I don't know, around Hayward or something. And um, uh, Jeff Alberts was in Stockton. And so it was like in the same NorCal area, even though I didn't expect to like work with him in person, it was just kind of like comforting knowing, okay, we're all in the same area. There's natural, natural bodybuilding shows. I had no idea what they were, but they were in this area. And, um, yeah, just, they took me on as a client and I did four shows that season. I prepped for like six months. I had, what I did is I started around 140 something and on my own, I dirty bulked up to like 165 and I thought I still looked pretty good and it didn't look bad. And then, um, then we, we prepped and I got all the way down back to 140, but looked completely different. And, um, and I was like, wow, this is like such a cool process. I documented it all on Instagram and, um, and back then Instagram was so new. And I also documented on YouTube and I was like, I I was really just doing it for myself. Like I would have took all that content just for myself, but then people started following along and, um, it was kind of cool. And I was like, actually started helping other people answering questions about tracking macros. And so I, I've been very fortunate again. I hired like the best coaches that I could possibly have hired. I learned as much as I possibly could. And I never really had that phase where you do everything wrong for a while. Like I kind of, from the jump, in my opinion, like started doing everything the proper way and it, it all worked out. Like I, I had the bug, like um, that very first warm up show I did was an NPC show, but it was just cause it was local. And um, I won the bodybuilding, got last place in physique. So then I was like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm better at bodybuilding. And then um, I did three drug tested shows after that, and I won the the novice and novice overall. Then I won um, 
then I had to do open class and I actually competed with Matt Ogus, the guy who like had inspired me to do this, you know, we mm. became friends. He, he won the class and I took second and that was like my third show, first time doing open class. And then I did one more um, amateur open show on the East coast in my hometown. And, um, and I won the lightweight and I think I, I took second in the overall. And um, I was like, dang, this is like, this is cool. And then I knew what I had to do. I was like, well, if I want to be really good at this, then I need to take a long off season, at least a year and a half off or so before I, you know, one full calendar year off basically. And then everyone at the time, <laughs> this is like, it was a trend. If you know, 2014, everyone was doing powerlifting in the off season from bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me try this. And I did a powerlifting meet and it was really fun. And um, I didn't think I was going to be like incredible at it, but I was like, this is good. Cause it's making me get stronger in the gym and it's giving me goals while I'm not like shred it and not like n- not necessarily like my favorite body composition and so then I did I did an actual meet and then I did a mock meet and during the mock meet I tore my labrum in my left shoulder and I was like shit and I knew Ouch. something and I, I didn't know exactly what but I knew something was wrong and um, eventually I got an MRI and it was torn I got surgery right away um, and then, so the whole process I was at the gym for about six months and um I made a full recovery though, and I ended up prepping the very next year, just on on schedule, on plan, even though I was out of the gym for a minute. And then that year I brought my best conditioning. My legs were finally matching like my the muscle maturity from my upper body and my legs started to match that. And so the symmetry was better. And I won my um, pro card in bodybuilding in uh, New York at the Natural Mania, which is like the amateur version of the pro universe, uh, which is one of my favorite shows. And that was in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And then with this prep, how long has prep been or like how long do you have you scheduled for prep and what have your macros done? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Bodybuilding prep is so hard and I'm not saying physique prep is easy, but it's a lot easier compared to bodybuilding, mm-hmm. especially the way I store my body fat. So I, I did this prep. I, I, got, I reached a peak weight of around 162 and I started prep uh, around June 1st. So it's been about three months. Um, the first show was September 24th. And um, I think we're right around what, like the four month mark. And um, things are going really well. I feel good still. Um, I've, my macros, I've, I've adjusted here and there. Um, as I get closer to a show, I've depleted um, for a few days. But then usually when I come back from a show, I actually reset back to kind of where my normal day to day. So like I'm around 50 fat, 175 carbs and 180 protein. And um, that's like a sweet spot for me. It's right around 1,900 calories. And um, cardio has actually been a lot less this year. I got I invested in an Apple Watch finally. I've mm. been putting that off for years and years. And um, I always knew my steps were pretty low because I work from home and I don't walk very much. Um, unlike, I feel like other cultures. In California, everything's far away. And there's just not a lot of opportunity to walk mm-hmm. unless you're just diligently forcing yourself to get out and walk. So um, while I'm still not doing that, <laughs> I am a little more like cognizant about the fact that my steps are pretty low. So I've, uh, I've tried to be a little more active, try to walk to the mailbox more, walk to the gym sometimes. Uh, and um, but yeah, cardio has been pretty low. I've been I've been walking post-workout every now and then. Um, but in past preps, especially in bodybuilding, when I have to get a good 10 pounds lower in stage weight, I was doing a lot of cardio like I. There was a point in the 2018 prep where I was riding my bicycle 
outside with a group of elderly people um, cycling. I, I, I love road biking and um, I was doing 150 miles a week. So that's like nine hours roughly of cardio, 350 mile mm. rides. And um, we're talking like uphills and like over a thousand calories burned in these three hours easily. And uh, yeah, so this prep is this, all these physique preps have been different each one, but um, this one's probably the least amount of cardio that I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things about prep where sometimes I kind of see it as a, a good thing where I am normally very sedentary, you know, doing radiology is my specialty. It's very much computer based. So it's like cardio during prep is like the only cardio I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, luckily, weightlifting does get your heart rate up at least. And so, I mean, I, I do train five days a week and I train mm-hmm. with pretty high intensity. So mm-hmm. I, I, um, I do think my heart health is pretty get that extra cardio and I want to be more diligent about it. Um, cause I, I like feeling good. You know, I like the feeling of doing cardio and being active and not being winded, you know? So yeah, I've been, I've been doing the Peloton lately and, um, but not classes. Alberto Nunez posted about this recently. The Peloton classes are just too difficult. I, I have a very competitive mindset and I, I feel like I want to win every one of those classes <laughs> that I do. So my the, when I do Peloton now, it's the screen is completely off, and I'm either playing PlayStation or I'm watching maybe sports on TV or a TV show on Netflix, and I'll go for a good hour. And I don't mean to do this, but my heart rate still gets up to like between 120 and 150 if I'm not intentionally trying to slow down, and uh, and I'm burning a lot more calories sometimes than I anticipate. But it's all it's all fat loss. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to get competitive of both things what's changed in how you run this prep compared to prior preps i would just say i have such a good grasp on my body that knowing when to refeed when to skip a refeed when to dig a little deeper when to force myself to do a little more cardio um, has all become so much more intuitive now this is um i think i just did my 30th show and um nice i I just yeah i just got my sixth pro win i think i've had six pro physique wins three second place physique finishes and yeah so i've just i think i'm just really in tune i i i like working with i'm a coach myself but i like working with coaches but at this point it's hard to turn over the reins to someone else when i know myself so well even like things like food sources and um i can feel so i had a peak week recently where i depleted three days but I, it was the back-to-back weeks and I woke up and I loaded a normal amount on Thursday that I would normally carb load for. But I woke up that morning and I just felt like I was fuller than I should have been. And I said to myself and, and one of my friends that I coach as well, I told him, I said, eh, I just feel too full. Like, I don't think I need as many. He's like, nah, you could do it. You should just stick with your plan because you can adjust Friday. And I'm like, mm. okay, fine. You're right. And it's enjoyable to eat more, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. So I did. And I woke up hella spilled over on Friday and I was like, I knew it. I knew I should have been more conservative, but it was okay because I just, I just didn't carb load as much on Friday. And then I woke up to, in my opinion, one of my best looks of the, you know, of my entire career. But um, it's just cool to like really know that you're that in sync with your body, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things where, yeah, you realize as you prep more that you start making changes, you know, like midweek or something like on Wednesday, it's like, oh, it's time for macro drop or I don't need so much cardio today or like today I just set out for cardio and I was just like, well, 
to see we'll see what I wake up looking like and decide how much I want to do. Yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about your prep? What's what's your height and weight and um, what are your current macros and cardio protocol? Yeah, so I'm like 146 as of today, super light. <laughs> Fuck, man. Um, Damn, you're lighter than me. Yeah, dude. Prep is. And I'm I'm uh I'm half your height. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, my prep's been I just, so I did a four month prep basically for up till May uh, when I won my pro card and then I took a oh so you won a your break. pro card all the way back in May. Yeah, yeah, it was it's terrible timing. I like didn't plan it out because I didn't I kind of expected you know that I would have to compete for a few months to actually win my pro card and kind of set things up uh but yeah I got it on my first try basically so uh nice. took a little break took a couple months off and regained about 10 15 pounds and then oh, that's uh, rough man I, I I probably would have recommended not gaining 15 pounds yeah it was a possibly. yeah it was a debate it was a debate definitely but I just wanted to feel normal uh for yeah. a little bit just to like heal heal things up and have a bit of a summer so yeah did that and restarted prep about 14 weeks out so now right now my dude i slash things down to like a thousand calories as of today like we're or this week so we're right all the way down uh like carbless i go very low i go very low on macros on part part probably because i'm so sedentary most of the time haven't really done any cardio up till the last couple you weeks your, your brain's gonna start stop working oh yeah oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm on uh 1900 calories and i already feel mentally impaired <laughs> yeah man it's so the brain fog is tough although surprisingly is i actually feel a lot better this prep than i did like even in the spring prep earlier and it's fascinating because my macros are about the same yeah well i Trains feel every same. you you know what to expect you know so every prep yeah. you kind of can anticipate the feeling and then your body mitigates those negative effects simply because you're you're ready for it you're used to it you know especially if you're hungry you know this is your pro debut you gotta you know you gotta bring your best are you gonna do worlds as well yeah yeah man so i'll see you there that'll be nice, sick nice you'll be in the tall class i'll be in the the um uh vertically challenged class yeah thank goodness <laughs> um <laughs> how about is that that sword on the wall behind you is that from that show that you won yeah 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 Sick. What was the name of the show? It was WMBF Vancouver. 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 Cool. Yeah, yeah. We have a show up here. How, so. how far yeah. is uh, Calgary from you? Calgary is like an hour and a half flight. It's very close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's only two and a half hours from where I'm at. Um, yeah, I really, you know, Alberto Nunez is actually doing the show. He's doing the bodybuilding. Man, I, I really considered it. I, I considered it last year too uh, because my friend Patty was doing it along with one of his clients and um i know he won that show so that would have been fun um to compete in the same class yeah yeah so it's exciting we're both of our seasons are as seasons are unfolding as things have been going on what are you working on for you know your next shows and then for worlds yeah i just want to continue so the way i like to do it is uh very progressive so all my shows generally i'll pick in that same time span where I'll have a first show and I may not be a hundred percent. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, because as a natural, if I were to peak and be at my absolute best for the first show of the season, say September 24th, that, that, uh, pro universe, 
then there's absolutely no way that I'll be my best by uh, Worlds, like in mm -hmm. November, two, two, a little over two months later. I just don't think it's physically possible to maintain that level of conditioning because your training is going to suffer. Therefore, your your body composition is not going to be exactly the same. You're going to even like, is, in my opinion, it would be very difficult. Even if you're a robot and you have perfect adherence, just because your hormones take a hit, therefore everything else is not going to be as good. Sleep is not as good. Mental, everything is going to, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know, it's inevitable for me. The leaner I get, the more little things like tendonitis start to bother me because I don't like to lower my training intensity. You know, I, I, I'm competing to be the best in the world. I want to go and make every set, every rep, every gym session be impactful. And so anyway, so just short story, story short story, Sure. Long story short. Yeah. What am I? See, there it goes. <laughs> this is brain fog. Um, yeah. Long story short. I knew it didn't sound right. I, um, I will get progressively better as the season goes on. So by Monster Mash, which is two weeks out from Worlds, I'm pretty much at my best. I'm like 99% there. And I'll use that show to really dial in my peak week and see exactly what I'm probably going to do for Worlds, which I mean, it's no secret. I'm like I said, I'm an open book with everything. I'll, I'll most likely deplete for either two or three days, so either Monday through Wednesday or just Tuesday, Wednesday, depending on uh, how much tighter I feel like I need to get, and depending on how full I start. And I'll usually do a pretty big refeed either Saturday or Sunday, or maybe even both days before the peak week starts, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday deplete, which means um, zero carbs except for from green veggies, so no starches, no sugars. And um, a little bit higher fat, a little bit higher protein. I, I usually aim for like 55 fat, sub 50 carbs from veggies only, and um, around 185 grams of protein. So a little slight bump in protein. And then cardio all three days as well. And they're just brutal, man. I just feel like I'm going to collapse with each day. And then Thursday, it's just such a glorious day. Uh, and I, I'm, yep. I'm thinking I'll be so flat by that point. And I think my body weight's going to be around 143 by that point. Um, I'm anticipating five to 600 carbs on Thursday and another, another five to 600 on Friday and, um, increase water. Um, I usually add limits in my water. I'm making sure I'm salting all my foods and then my food sources for me. I, I really, I would, while, while I would love to eat all kinds of stuff, the show is still the number one focus. I'm, I'm not doing it for like satisfaction, you know? So um some some white rice for sure some cereal for sure just easy to digest carb sources but a lot of potatoes as well because they're high in potassium and um I'll, you know want to get really nice and full and have a good look and and i and i can usually tell like and then that friday i wake up and i you know play it by ear on friday and then by the end of the night on friday i would like to be like right at that tipping point that way i wake up in the morning as full as i can be nice and crispy Mm -hmm. Yeah. Peak weeks are fun. What, uh, what do you expect your low day macros to be at by the end? I don't, honestly, I don't think I'm going to have to change that much. Maybe I'll, okay. I've been at, I've been at 150 carbs, uh, through this prep and I, and I think maybe I won't have to go, I'm at 175 right now. Maybe I'll go back to 150 at some point. Maybe I'll have a couple days at hundred the week before, if I feel like I'm not where I want to be, but I'll be honest. I don't know why, but I woke up yesterday morning at 145.9 after a few days at 149 since I had just came back from the show. And it could have been, it could be random. This morning I was 147. Um, I don't like the, I don't let the day-to-day -day fluctuations bother me too much, but um, 
I do think that uh, the weight is moving pretty quick in the right direction. And every single day, visually, I can see myself tightening up. So um, I'm, I'm like, it feels good, man. It feels good to be right on track. Like, I, if anything, yesterday was a very difficult day for me. I woke up feeling exhausted. Um, I've been having a harder time focusing. So I've been doing, I, I have um, a good amount of clients and I end up doing a lot of that work really late at night. And I don't mean to do that. I just end up doing so many other things during the day, like creating content, filming stuff, replying to people, uh, answering DMs that um, a lot of times I can't really sit down and focus until it's like nine or 10 PM. And then I have mm. four to five hours of emails to do. And I end up going to sleep at like three in the morning, but um, it's okay. It's fine. As long as I get it done. But I was so exhausted Monday night. I mean, just for reference, like I flew into the Seattle, the Washington show. I flew into Seattle Friday afternoon, mm. drove two hours in traffic after getting the rental car, got checked in for the show, got my tan, um, and then competed the next morning, waited around all day because I was thinking there was, I would have time for the after party, but the show ran long, drove another, like there was no traffic at least on Saturday, hour and a half back to the airport, gassed up the rental, turned it in, flew back home and was home at like one in the morning. So that was just like an insane, I won the show, so it was all worth it, but damn, what a, what a stressful, like 30 hours, you know? Yeah. It's crazy sometimes how it's kind of this compounding effect where, you know, as prep, you get deeper into prep, you have all these other things popping up that you need to take care of. You're doing more cardio and yeah, things can get stressful. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't like let my business falter. I would love to be like, all right, clients. I'll see you in two months, but it work <laughs> like that, like, you know, just like you, you, you know, you still have to take care of your patients. It's probably the same, same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the brain fog that's the worst, honestly, like, especially in radiology, you're making so many decisions. It's all decisions all day. You know, it's like, we saw like a brain tumor today. And it's like, oh, okay. Are we going to, are we going to call this a tumor? Are we going to say that it's benign? Right. And people, big things happen depending on what you say. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Kathy has been like, my friend. You have to decide if you're going to do a biopsy or what, right? Like, yeah, those, those kinds of things. Exactly. Big like, decisions when you're talking about the brain. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, what have you found to help, you know, balancing stress of prep and just life in general? I don't know. Nothing. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> just grind through it. Just grind, baby. I, I mean, it helps that I love it. So. Yeah, that's that's a you know like why do I like the suffering so much? I I do often ask myself that much. I was in the Marines, and um, mm -hmm. I think the same thing that drew me to join the Marines that that like goal, that ambition of wanting to be the best, is the same reason why I feel so drawn to natural bodybuilding. I did a half marathon, and um, and I loved it. Like I I don't even like running, honestly. I'll be dead honest. I don't like running, but I loved the training for that half marathon because it was so hard. And you get that runner's high. And when you're doing something like cardio for three plus hours, like, well, I mean, my time wasn't two hours, but, but, you know, it just something about it, like just unlocks something, unlocks something different, like next level inside of you. And uh, man, it feels good. And that's how prep feels, except for it's way worse. And it's way more brutal because the diet is, there's just no break. There's no relief. Like, okay, a refeed day by the end of the night, you feel like, wow. I'm not hungry right now, actually. I actually feel satisfied. But then the next day, the next day after that, the hunger is 10 times worse because now you've elevated yeah. your like leptin and ghrelin or whatever. And it's like, shit, was it even worth it? <laughs>
Yeah, I just finished reading David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me, and, like, I love how he talks about, it's such a, like, bodybuilder's book just because of the, like, blood, sweat, and, blood, sweat, and tears kind of mentality. Yeah, but yeah he talks about, you know, as well. Yeah, he talks about callousing your mind, right? And it's that challenge when you push yourself to the limit that is so freeing in the end because it just unlocks this kind of primal side of you, and it, it it's the overcoming challenges that is the value I see. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I have a hard time uh consuming his content i don't follow him or anything not because i don't i i think he's incredible like the way that he motivates people it's just hard for me as a marine and it's like so motivational and so like and he just there's comes a point where it's probably why i don't put out content that's more motivational um it, i i try to be more like subtly motivating just like leading by example versus like look at me running stay hard like I just, I don't know, something about it is is a little corny to me, but I love everything that he does stand for, and I think the parody videos that I've seen of him are hilarious as well. His his book is next up on my, um, I have an Audible account, and he's, it's the next one that I'm going to read. I just finished um, Matthew McConaughey's Greenlight book, and I loved it, and everyone's like, oh, you got to read. People recommend it, Will Smith's um, memoir, and then um, David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. So those are the next two on my list. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. It's very uh, warrior-like. Still like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I guess wanted to zoom out a little bit and, you know, get a sense of how things have changed over the years. You were saying about how you felt that you've gotten better every year. What has your trajectory been like in terms of your physique, do you feel? Um, You know, I don't want to say that it's been, like, just linear but in a way it kind of has i mean there's obviously mm -hmm. been periods where i've had setbacks like boom i tore my shoulder and i felt like i looked like shit for a solid six months um but like like a super saiyan you you know you get beat down you get hurt and then boom you're better you know so like i think i learned a lot from that i learned to train way smarter um i at least like i have started avoiding failure a lot more mm. but you know lo and behold the 2015 prep that came right after that shoulder injury I um, ended up tearing my, uh, I thought I tore my labrum in my hip, but it was actually uh, my iliopsoas is partially torn in my left hip. Mm. I ended up getting an MRI after I, that prep ended. Um, and basically I just decided, okay, I just can't barbell squat anymore, but I can, I can work around it. I can live with it. It never got better. I, I test barbell squats or I was like every six months back then to see like, Hey, is it better yet? <laughs> it's just, as you know, you're you're a medical doctor. There's just not enough blood flow in that area with that connective tissues for that to ever really heal the right way. So um, I just work around it. And so again, that was another learning lesson. Like, well, at some point you do have to reduce the weight on more dangerous movements, or maybe I should have switched to leg press when I got under 145 pounds or whatever, instead of continuing trying to barbell squat but i was you know i'm stubborn and i don't like to lower the weight no matter how deep into prep i get you know i want to i want to keep intensity up i want to keep the load as high as possible but um i have learned to be smarter and now i i really try not to work i was basically dive bombing into the squat and trying to bounce out because i didn't want to lower the weight you know even though my body weight was dropping and dropping um but i've learned that it's not smart to work through injuries working around them is the right thing to do if you insist on continuing to train you know so i've gotten a lot smarter i still have the world's worst connected tissue i feel like i have tenonitis like in every place in my body I'm Dude, have, same. 
I'm surprised I don't have jaw. Yeah, because you're a, a tall, wiry guy, right? So um, I feel like what it is with me is I have really long muscle bellies and really short tendons, and they mm. just love to get inflamed. And then I have the I have a habit of rotating like this on on pulling movements. So I've gotten smarter. I've tried to resist doing that and kind of even almost do the opposite. I wear straps on really heavy heavy pulling movements now. And then that's helped a lot with the tendonitis that I have here and here, just straight inflamed. I can literally, anytime I can feel this tendon and it's just like so annoying. And um, I've gotten some in my bicep. I have some in my, my left pec. I have even my right vastus lateralis has a little bit of tendonitis. It's like, geez, man, falling apart. But um, I still feel like I'm getting better. Not because like, you know, I'm getting older. So obviously things are happening, but every time I've gotten hurt, I've come back stronger and better. Um, 2019, I had a really close call, like almost a near death experience. My intestines, and um, are you familiar? Do you know what a volvulus is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, it's basically um, when things twist and cut off yeah, blood supply. So, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, crazy. My uh, large intestine twisted into a knot. This was um, right after Monster Mash. I won the amateur show 2019 on my first journey back into men's physique and i won my pro card you get the opportunity to compete the very next day as a pro um i had never done a back-to-back show like you can imagine competing one day going out and celebrating then competing the very next day Mm. (laughs) well i ended i took second by one point um on my first pro physique show was the very following day i was a little spilled over i think but um it was a great experience um, I immediately registered for Worlds. It was in New York that year, and I just knew I was going to win the World Championship. And three days later, I had uh, just finished the gym session. Um, I did uh, shoulders and arms. I remember it like it was yesterday. And all of a sudden, I couldn't finish my macros. My stomach got super distended. I was in a lot of pain. I was like, felt like I was cramping up. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And um, after several hours, because I'm in you know, I'm deep in the prep. I'm less than two weeks out. I'd already bought my plane ticket, the hotel, everything to, to Worlds in New York. Uh, I didn't want to go to the hospital, but I had, uh, eventually I had no choice. I called the uh, uh, nurse line from the VA and they were like, yeah, you should go in. So I waited another hour, didn't get any better. I went in and they did a CAT scan and they they honestly thought I was, how to just constipate it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm very, my diet is so good. I'm very regular right now. I haven't missed a bowel movement. And um, they kept me for almost a full 24 hours in the ICU trying to get me to go number two to have a bowel movement. And they gave me a, um, a suppository, never had that before in my life, enema, never had that before. And I just felt like dejected and like, um, I, don't, I don't know, man, it was terrible. Uh, eventually they're like, okay, we're gonna go in, you know, it's just, you have, you have similar symptoms of appendicitis minus fever um you know localized pain in that left side of my or my right lower right side of my abdomen and anyway that's just where the knot was and they ended up going in laparoscopically seeing what was going on trying with the tool to kind of untwist it but it started to tear and you know i would go like septic if it did and then um so anyway they just ended up cutting me open i had a huge scar i was in the hospital for six days and they reconnected took out about six inches of my large intestine and um, I didn't know. I was like, man, is this is this the end? I was just getting started, you know? Like, I swear, I was just about to win world championship. And uh, luckily, I made a full recovery. After two months, I was back in the gym. I took it slow. And I ended up competing that same year, kind of like redemption. That was a COVID wow. year, 2020. Yeah. And uh, all the um, WMBF shows were basically canceled. 
Worlds was canceled. So instead I did uh, PNBA shows and um, took fourth at the Natural Olympia first time. Their physique division is way different. I don't know if you've seen it, but they do like bodybuilding poses in physique. It's not my favorite um, posing criteria for men's physique, but, um, and I did an NPC show. I won an overall at an NPC show. And I was like, and, yeah, I looked better than I ever looked in my entire life. And some people say, well, it's because you were at the gym for a few months. And then, you know, you took completely off, let all those injuries heal. And that, you know, I don't know if, you know, maybe there is some, some merit to that, but um, I know I was just really fired up, you know, to get back, to get back to my previous best. And I ended up exceeding it by, you know, significant amount. Yeah, that's, I think, really refreshing to hear. I think that, especially in bodybuilding, you know, coming off of our chat about the warrior's mindset, people hate taking time off, you know, it's it, like, I hate taking weeks off. And sometimes, sometimes something like an injury or some kind of health setback like that can almost be a boon, right? Like it, it gives, it forces you to take some time off. Yeah, that was uh, a uh, involuntary deload. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty savage. But uh, yeah, glad that's worked out. And then yeah, and the guess, scar. I'll be honest, hmm. the scar doesn't look as bad as I thought it was going to. It was. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but at first it was really bad because they um, sutured the abdominal wall with um, what's it called when they they dissolve dissolving sutures, and then they freaking staple the skin together. And it looks so gnarly, but it's so that there can get airflow and, you know, the wound doesn't get infected or whatever. I, you know this stuff way better than I do. And um, anyway, it looks pretty good. I, I actually talked to a couple surgeons after saying, like, should I have this recut and then micro sutured just the skin, you know? And I, I don't know. I think it would be a waste to do that because it just looks it doesn't look that bad, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Glad that worked out. And then. You've already spoken to this a little bit, but how has your training changed over the years? Man, hey, this is this is a, uh, I'm a modern medical miracle here. Are you not are you are you not impressed? That my <laughs> stomach completely healed. My abs still look incredible. It's crazy, but uh, no, I I really do um, wish I didn't have that scar, but uh, you know it's fine. Uh, just the only the only real thing about my training that's changed is since switching to physique when I was in my peak of focused on bodybuilding I was doing legs three times a week and now I now I train five five days is really my sweet spot and so mm -hmm. I do three upper body focused days and I do two lower body focused days I still have I still have one full lower day and then one day uh glutes and hamstrings and um I just I just try to um not hurt myself a little better now but I'm still high volume high intensity um probably still don't deload as often as i should but um but yeah i still love tra training just as much as the first week i started yeah and then what do you do to deal with tendonitis when it flares up tendinosis like we call it now yeah i, cr I cry a lot complain um pray no <laughs> i just i'm trying to be smart about about training that specific body part so the, the the one that always flares up for me is again is that forearm tendonitis for pulling so when that does happen i go right back to making sure that i'm using straps that i'm not um flexing i have no wrist flexion you know if anything i'll even try to overcompensate by extending the wrist um i'll warm up a little bit more and a little bit slower and then recently i had some on the outside at my around my brachialis and i couldn't do hammer curls for a little while so i just mm. said you know what it's okay like 
stop trying to work through things, mm-hmm. work around them. And I just stopped doing movements that I knew were going to cause things to flare up. Like uh, another one for me that really does it is uh, cable lateral raises. So if I hmm. even try to throw those in, it's it's like inevitable within a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll have some tendonitis on the outside of my forearm here. So I, I'm just like, I don't even try to do those anymore. But when, if that area does start acting up, then I'll go and I'll use a machine, which I don't have to use a hand at all. It's on the outside of my elbow. And um, yeah, so I just look for things to work around. I just try to be smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been I've been dealing with a little bit of bicep tendonitis in my left pec, and I feel it um, on like lat pull downs. So I'm trying to do those only neutral now. Doing them this way just recruits too much bicep, it seems like, and it's like I can really feel it at the bottom. And I've been cutting range of motion either at the top or the bottom, um, but can't stop training some everything. You know, I gotta just have to be really smart about working around it. I don't yeah. want to take anti-inflammatories because they they affect uh, muscle protein synthesis. So, yeah, I don't know, man. What? How about you? What do you do? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I like that approach about, you know, not being afraid to drop exercise and switch things around. For me, it's largely, yeah, cut all offending exercises and then find variations that take some of the load off of whatever specifically. And then I'll, what I find works best is dropping the weight a lot and switching to high rep work. Um, and, you know, really going more for that metabolic stress pathway of hypertrophy rather than the heavy weights is probably the biggest thing. And then I'll use BFR. So that's something that I've really oh, yeah. found to help a lot in the last year or so, which I remember I started my I started my prep for, you know, the spring in January. And I was supposed to start in December, but I had such bad patellar ten, tendono, tendinosis that I like was having trouble walking and I like, you know, it, it's one of those things where it just kind of creeps up on you because I run my own training and like the thing is we we all have this, we have a high pain threshold, right? So you just kind of shrug it off and then until some point I'm like, oh, it hurts a lot to walk. And then, yeah. um, so, and this was, so I was starting prep with patellar really bad tendons and I was just like, I can't just not start. So I'm just gonna wrap it up and do BFR and it helped a lot. It, where in it's your great. knee was it like what what muscle did it affect the most it's for me it's always right at the insertion on on the tibial tuberosity like right at the very tip of it uh oh, oh but, below your knee yeah yeah but i get oh, okay. I, I get tendinosis in every every single tendon like i don't know a <laughs> tendon that hasn't had it <laughs> um it's gosh like a, man it's, it's brutal it's an old friend at this point it's like my shadow yeah but so. the one that always comes back for me for no reason at all is is uh above my knee my my vastus lateralis i get mm-hmm. it i don't know why i get that one so i just have to warm up slower i don't uh, make sure i'm like being very um de- deliberate with my tempo on uh leg press which is my my main quad movement but that's when i feel it but it's funny man most of them y- you don't feel once you're like super warmed up yeah you know, they they subside but i know that's not uh, like not a solution but it does help to take the warm-up significantly slower mm-hmm. yeah and then switching tax a little bit over to the diet side have you found that your prep macros or diet has changed much over the years I, I wish i could say that as i've gained more lean body mass which i know i have like from say like when i started to now mm-hmm. I've probably put on 10 15 mm-hmm. plus pounds of lean body mass i would like to say that i diet on more calories now but nope same it's almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do get leaner now. So, I mean, 
that's I guess one correlation, you know, but again, it's all ratio, right? So I probably have the same amount of body fat, like as a absolute value, like, let's say I've in prep with eight pounds of body fat on my mm. whole body left. I, I probably had eight pounds back then too, but the, my body fat percentage was higher because I had less lean body mass. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah, unfo- unfortunately, I don't know if it's because of, uh, changes in meat or TDE or what, but yeah, the calories are almost exactly the same. What has your stage weight done over the years? Um, okay. So in bodybuilding, mm-hmm. I've gotten all the way down to like 137 at my mm-hmm. lowest depleted weight and on stage around 143 in physique, even completely dialed in like for worlds, I never get really depleted, whatever down below 143 with a stage weight. Probably if I had to guess around 145 to 146. Um, but I've done shows as heavy as 150 where I'm probably on stage closer to 152. Just, um, I can get away with that in physique and still do quite well. It's just a little, like the waist is not as snatched as the ladies would say. Um, and maybe there's a little bit more, a little love handle on the back. Um, but my muscularity and fullness kind of makes up for that. But yeah, my, you know, my favorite best styled in look is when I'm around 143, but then completely filled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess a fun question, what are your favorite hunger hacks when things get hard? I used to be really big on this. Now it's, um, it's literally just discipline. Like I used to be like looking for all the best ways to, you know, protein fluff and, uh, like recipes to trick my body to think, but now it's just the basics. I'll I'll do some pickles, some cucumbers, some sugar-free jello, like chew some gum, um, and a lot of diet sodas and a lot of caffeine. Um, whereas I used to find great joy and making these like corny recipes, but mm. <laughs> I just feel like it, best case scenario, it's a slight relief. Worst case scenario, I've I've messed up my digestion and thrown off my way and and, <laughs> and and like it's not worth it, you know. But um, I think when the first few preps, people look for stuff like that, and I think it just gives their mind something to do because they think they're solving a problem. But at the end of the day, hunger will be persistent and insufferable and uh you, sometimes you just need to embrace that yeah it's one of those things where when people are trying to lose fat they start looking for these really fancy recipes and they're just like oh how can i make my you know 150 grams of carbs a day turn into something delicious and the thing is i mean sometimes you're shooting yourself in the foot when you try and make things like maybe it does taste really good but it's you're just not going to be satisfied right and like i've, I've right. realized with preps like at this point I just want some, like, I just want a nice bowl of oats with some Splenda. Like, I'm very happy with yeah, that, you know? That, and, that's a good choice. Yeah, it's very filling. Um, sometimes I will sacrifice filling for flavorful, but not, like, in a fancy way where I will eat half of a California pizza kitchen pizza, and it's, like, half my day's carbs, but, damn, it tastes so good, and it really, like, feels like I'm having some uh, gourmet pizza and to me, that's worth it. Like, yeah, maybe I'll be a little bit hungrier, but I will have good energy right after eating that because it's a pretty solid, like, I think in a whole pizza, it's only 100 carbs. So half a pizza is only like 50 carbs for half a pizza. It's it's worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess to finish up, if you were to speak to your younger self when you started bodybuilding, what kind of advice would you have given yourself? Uh, nothing. 
I would say like everything that you you did, you had to go through to get to where you are today. And um, mm-hmm. I won't. I, I would just be like, hey man, big things ahead of you. No spoilers. You got this. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You know, uh, you learn through the struggle and you know, with bodybuilding, right. it's the being uncomfortable yeah. and uh, going through difficult situations in life is what forces you to grow. If you if you live life on easy street. An easy life is not a, you know, that's, you're not going to be a hard man. You know, you're not going to be someone that is, uh, like you said, the, you know, the experience, these challenges and you've not did, you didn't just experience them, but you went through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what does coaching look like with you right now? Like what, what kind of, uh, clients do you usually take on? Yeah. So coaching is my full-time job, uh, since 2000. Well, I started coaching shortly after that first contest season in 2013 and um i just i love it. it's very fulfilling helping people i know it sounds like cliche but helping helping people get abs for the first time is just i just love it and i also like yeah, helping nice. people um get to their first contest prep and, and get to the stage for the first time but i've i've helped several athletes they wouldn't even have considered themselves athletes that's just you know what i call them but um you know end up winning their pro card when they never even had it in their mind to compete and that's always a incredible journey that first contest prep so going through that with them together is just really special but um i work with all clients the majority of my people are just regular people that want to look better you know they want to feel more confident in their the skin that they're in they want to get healthier and you know look better basically but uh since it's my full-time job, I've been doing it like exclusively as my full-time job since 2017. And I've just worked with so many people. I've worked with men and women in their 60s. I've, I've worked with a guy that's like 72. And um, flexible dieting, tracking macros just does work for everybody if they if you take the time and implement it and learn it. And, um, you know, for me, I, I it's like the analogy where I could I could sell fish. I could assign meal plans. But actually teaching you to track macros is more like teaching you to fish and you have this skill for the rest of your life. And um, yeah, so and almost, you know, I I rarely be like, no, I'm too busy to take on clients because it is my full time job. So um, almost always have spots open and you can just go to my website and not even talk to me. You can sign up for coaching and, um, you know, you'll get a questionnaire and I'll uh, then at that point, like all my clients get my personal cell phone number and I'm very relatable and personable. It's like. My clients are like my best friends. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, I've met some of your athletes and, you know, Chris is a very well-respected coach, so would recommend. Where can people find you? Uh, CuttingEdgePhysiques.com or you can just follow the link in my uh, Instagram account or TikTok. It's they're the same, Chris underscore Elkins. Awesome. So, yeah, I'll put those links in the description below and thanks for being on the show cool, man. Yeah, it's been uh, great chatting with you and uh, hopefully we can talk again.